as soon as I open it, roaches. To where when I walk in the house, <laughs> did you scream? Pull, Welcome back to Econics Talks, guys. When I pop up, everybody gonna be like, man, overnight success. Lifestyle topics, entrepreneurship, and investing. Are you serious about this? Because if you are, then I'm willing to back the business. We want to inform you, educate you, and empower you so that you can maximize your life. Let's get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Econics Talks. I will say I missed you guys. I missed recording and doing a podcast for you all. So thank you all for continuing to support. Thank you all for everything you've done and supporting us in 2019. So this episode is a very special one. We did our first live podcast and we had Jimmy Landrum Jr., we had Eric Wilson and Ashley Kinane and myself. And it was actually a really, really dope podcast. So um, they've all been guests on the podcast before, but they definitely were able to share a few things that they did not before. And um, one of the cool things that we did talk about was the side hustle. And in that highlight, we wanted to talk about um, you know, a lot of us have side hustles and how to transition out and just that challenge and what that really looks like from a day-to-day perspective. So, um, and that, on that note, man, thank you guys again for everything you've done and go ahead and check out today's podcast. Thank you. Here it is. Thank you guys for coming out this evening. Um, the rain probably kept a few people home. I did not expect it to rain, but thank you. Nevertheless, this was an invite only. So if you got invited, that means you are special to us. So thank you again for coming out. Um, So what we're doing tonight is we're going to be talking about what's called the side hustle. And everybody up here has some type of side hustle that is either their full-time job now or they're still doing it as their side hustle. So I wanted to bring these guys here. Actually, every one of these people up here has been a guest on my podcast. So I thought it would be a really good idea to just bring them all together and have them all talk about their side hustles and just dive into the uh, specifics and you know what it takes to manage that what it takes to make that something that you can do full-time so just to talk about the intricacies of that specifically so I'm gonna let um, I'm gonna start to the left and everybody's gonna introduce themselves uh, Jimmy Landrum jr. Uh, business consultant I uh, work professionally with a company called Trinet I'm also a lending professional uh, a couple of different mortgage licenses across uh, states. I evaluate um, different uh, commercial real estate transactions, as well as uh, consultant in the areas of cybersecurity. Um, so, uh, definitely a couple of different side hustles. Uh, some experience with uh, international consulting as well. Uh, so, a number of different things to to certainly talk about on the side. Um, my name is Ashley Kane. I am a wedding photographer. Um, I started off doing it as my side hustle for about a year before I started doing it full time uh, for the past three years. Um, and yeah, so I really love it. I'm Josh. <laughs> nah, um, so I work full time for AT&T, most of you guys know that, but I started Econics, and what Econics is, is a hub for entrepreneurs to connect with each other. I also own an Airbnb, and that's my side hustle. Uh, Eric Wilson, I also work at Trinet alongside Mr. Jimmy Landrum Jr., however, 
I work in the administrative side of things, so I handle all the projects that go on with our company. Uh, my side hustle is I also produce, edit, and host a weekly radio show out of Port Charlotte. And with that comes with media credentials for the Orlando Magic currently. Also just finished up with the Rays and working on getting credentials for the Tampa Bay Vipers, the new XFL team that's coming here to Ray J in February. Cool. So um, these guys aren't very hype about themselves. I'm going to blow their stuff up because I actually love each and every one of these people. So um, my job is to bring the energy. So Jimmy, so what Jimmy does is he's the money man. So if you guys, if you know anybody who needs financing for a house, um, they need lending for a project, you're looking for funding for to fund, like let's say you have a big funder who wants to build a group of, of apartments, he's the guy you want to know. Um, Ashley here, if you need a wedding photographer, if you need any type of photography, um, her story is actually really dope and we're going to dive into that. Snap, snap. <laughs> and then my man Eric here, he's a sports guy. He does way more than that, obviously, but his passion is football. So we're going to dive into that as well. Um, I think one of the coolest things to hear was a year ago he didn't have credentials to go and speak um, and ask questions to the Orlando Magic, but then now you know you see his you know his page and then now he's able to stand in front of players and build those relationships that you know we don't necessarily get to see as the public but him being on the media side he's been able to garnish those or not garnish but to build those relationships to you know put him in the forefront of those sports organizations so yeah, i'm still trying to garnish some of them wages too so you know <laughs> I, I, believe me i'm working on it yeah so um i'm going to ask the first question is um, tell us about the struggle between balancing your job and your hustle or your side job. I'll start with Jimmy. Why you always like starting with me first, man? <laughs> you said you're uh, a superstar. Ah, I did, didn't I? But um, <laughs> it's really an art. Um, you, I think that what has worked for me well is that when you're doing things that are in the same vein, um, you have to learn how to create alignment with whatever area it is that you're looking to focus on. So, you know, with me being able to manage the dynamic of talking to a lot of small business owners, uh, even when I'm out and about not necessarily working, uh, depending on the conversation that I have with you, I can pick and choose who I want to be, right? Because I've aligned myself with experience based off of things that I've done. And then it makes it easier for me to run a system that I know works because I've been doing it for a number of years. Right. You know, I've been doing it for the last 10 years. You know, so it's not as difficult. But the key is, is finding the balance between what actually works in your system. You have to create a system because either you're going to have too much love for one and not enough for another. So you have to create some alignment and have a system in place. So when you talk about systems, I think that's very important because it kind of helps you stay organized. And I know you definitely have to have a system with, you know, with your clients, with payment systems, all that stuff. So can you, can you guys speak to um, the learning process of a system? Because not all the time you know you, know you need to have a system until you actually need to have it. <laughs> right. You usually find that out on the back end, especially if you're new to an area. You might have the expertise in the actual knowledge of what you're doing. Like you may know how to take pictures very well. You may have an eye for that, or you may know the financing aspect of things, but you may not be the most organized person. So that comes secondary because it's something that you learn as you go. So talk about the systematizing of your business. Yeah, so when you have a side hustle, I feel like it's one of those things where you're, it's, 
usually your side hustle is something you're very passionate about. And with me, photography was something I was very passionate about. And um, I honestly, when I first started, I didn't value it as much as I do now. Um, to me, it was just a hobby. It was something, okay, I go take some pictures, click, click. Let me just send them their pictures. But as I started to grow and surround myself with other professionals that do this, like, hardcore, I saw the value in photography. I started seeing the value in wedding photography and portraits and headshots and branding, um, all of that stuff. And once you start seeing the value in all that stuff and people start paying you what you're worth and your value, they're expecting a certain amount of customer service. They're expecting to get emails consistently. They're expecting to get an invoice. They're expecting to pay a deposit. And when you're coming into that type of stuff, you don't know, like, I didn't even know there was a system for all that. I'm like, okay, just give me $50 and, and we're good. <laughs> like, no, they're like, well, I need an invoice. What do I put an invoice on? So, you know, we, you start coming and you tiptoe into it and you're like, okay, I know about PayPal. I can do that. But there's other CRMs and those are just, um, I feel, feel like those are called um, client uh, client a CRM, CRM? Yeah, yeah. About, yeah. Uh, it's a, like a, it's a client management platform. Those are client management platforms, basically. And there's um, platforms like Seventeen Hats. There's platforms like Dubsado, especially for web um, wedding photographers. And it creates the contracts. It creates the invoices. It sends out the consistent emails. It sends out the invoice reminders. It sends out everything that you need to be sent out, but you have to set it up. So you have to know your system better than it knows your system, and then you have to tell it what to do. Mm -hmm. And when I first started, I didn't even know that was a thing. So when you're coming into your side hustle, you, yes, you have your passion, but you also have to take care of that administrative back-end side, which yeah. can be very challenging to learn um, if you don't have people, if you don't surround yourself with people that are engulfed in whatever you're trying to do. So your system would be different because you have a different, obviously different business. Yeah. So how would your system go when you know, you're starting like a radio show? I mean, the biggest thing is you've got to find the passionate people first because the one thing I learned in doing this hustle is you have to get your team together. I was, I'm not able to move as quickly and as far as I've been over the last year if it wasn't for the people that I work with. You know, a lot of it comes down through, you talk about emailing, for me, the biggest thing has been networking. And it's just been asking those questions. You know, a lot of times we're so scared to say, you know, we think in our heads, oh, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to go. Okay, well, who do I need to talk to to get to that point? And then when I talk to that person, making sure that I ask the right questions so that I get the answers that I'm looking for. You know, you spoke to last year, I sent an email out to the Orlando Magic asking them for season credentials. Did not think I was going to get it. I was like, well, let me at least ask and show them I'm a guy, local radio show. You know, we don't, we don't get our Nielsen ratings. We're not, we are FCC, but where we are in Port Charlotte, it's not really even on the map as far as Tampa. When you look at Tampa, Tampa has the 18th largest market in the entire country. And I'm 30 minutes away from that. And I'm still trying to gravitate towards that. But when you talk about my process, it's very simply about meeting those people who know the business and who helped me elevate. I'll tell you what, when I got the email back saying that I had been given permission to come to those games, I was like, oh, okay. Man, I would have been tripping. <laughs> yeah, well, I was for a moment, but it's like, you know how it's one of those things where you want something so badly and then you finally get it and it's like, what do you do with it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's where I was at. Yeah. Because I was like, okay, I know how to dress. What do I bring? Where do I sit? Who do I talk to? Who do I not talk to? What do I say? What do I not say? 
And so for me, it was just, I had to, something I've learned just from growing up and, and having side hustles, even before this one, just act like you belong. Yeah, I've actually been to a game with them, and I acted like I belong. So tell I, me the story. Tell me the yeah. story. Yeah, so what game was that we went to? Uh, I, I want to. It wasn't San Antonio. I'm trying to remember the team, but yeah, Jimmy and I we went to a game last season, and I mean, I told him, I said, listen, and he understood my passion because he knew this is what I wanted to do. So you know, this man always cleans, so I don't got to worry about him getting dressed up. <laughs> you got to tell some folk. Yeah, you, you really, really do. do. Like, yeah. hey, you got to got to prep them. Right. So we went, walked around, had some food. We in the media area. I shot a little promo. We went in the media lounge, we watching the game, and Jimmy and I just having a basic conversation like two guys watching the game. But it was centered and related, focused on this team. So everybody, no one else around didn't know that Jimmy wasn't a part of my team. They just was like, oh, okay, two more media guys. After the game was over, went downstairs, we in the press conference with Coach Clifford, sitting there. We actually went to the opposing coach. We were in both locker rooms. I mean, it was just such an experience. And I'm glad I got to share that with him. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to taking you to a game, too, because hey, I know you a big basketball guy. Let's get it. But it's about <laughs> establishing those connections. Because I'll tell you right now, if it wasn't for Jimmy and I working together, I wouldn't be sitting here today. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's, that's my whole focus is whenever I meet someone, it's about how can we collaborate? How can we work together to elevate each other? Right, mm -hmm. that's real. What were you doing, what were you all doing before, um, like I know your background, but what were you doing before you started to do the whole finance thing and then whole photography thing and of course the sports radio? What were you guys doing as a focus? What was your main thing? Well see, that's, that's the thing about me. I, I, I came into that, the finance, Piece was what I started out doing. Man, homie was, he was trying out for NFL teams. He didn't tell y'all that. He, he, well, he was a baller. Well, yes, he well, was see, a ball. he was a baller. Yeah, I was. Okay. I was. Yeah, uh, tell the truth. I forgot Shane about that. I forgot about that. But yeah, but we talk about the passion, right? Yeah. So I used to be extremely passionate about that. And there's no way that you couldn't tell me today that I would not be a retired, because I would definitely be retired at this age, uh, NFL player. But um, that didn't work out. So I had to take the passion and the energy that I had channeled there and put it somewhere else. So I had a plan. I was going to go back. I was going to get my master's. I knew what it was, I was going to get it in. And it was going to have to be in something that I could use in the direction I felt like the country or what we were shifting to, right? So I wanted to familiarize myself with uh, human resource and finance, and that's basically what I got my master's in. And I aligned that with my undergraduate degree, which was management information systems, right? So through the years, I just kept building components and experience associated with those three things, right? So when I look at everything that I've done, it's always been tied to those in some capacity. So that's what has enabled me to develop that system, right, that works for me to always create different opportunities because I have the experience in those respective areas. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't hard to make the adjustment because I just took all of the energy that I had and put it into that. Like, like Ashley said, the side is usually the hustle. But for me, it was first. Right, and then it had to change and adjust through the years. Yeah, because you always getting some type of certification. Like <laughs> he is always in school or doing some type of studying to add something to 
his repertoire. So if there's a company that says, hey, I need XYZ, like he has this certification in place to say, well, I'm qualified. That's dope. Yeah, he's like, I'm qualified. I can do this and I can do that as well. So like, I, I want to commend you for that because God knows if I had to go back to school, I'm like, nope. No. no. <laughs> nope. I'm no. never going back to school. No, I'm never. You know, and it's funny, we can talk about that because um, <clears throat> in my household, like, my parents didn't go to college. Um, my dad was an immigrant. Um, but he went to school in the country of Colombia. So he was a meteorologist. So, but when he came to this country, obviously I wasn't born yet. My daddy had me at 52. So, um, but he, they, they didn't push college on me. They didn't, I mean, they, my mom just told me like, you're getting out of this house. Either you got two options, college or the military. You go into one of those places, but you're getting out of my house. That's pretty much how that went. So I was gonna go like, you would not believe, I wanted to be a sniper for the Marine Corps. That was my goal. That was like, I wanted to be a sniper. And then I was just like, I don't know if I can just go be taking off heads. You know, I don't know if I can just start <laughs> killing folks. Um, so then I was like, you know what? Then I got a full ride from Morehouse and like my life changed. But looking back, I'm like, man, what if I would have spent that money on something else? Do I regret college? No. Do I think I came away with a lot of relationships? Yes, that are you know valuable today. Yes, but do I think that I need a um, an advanced degree for what I want to do? Absolutely not. But somebody like you, yes, because you know they look for those credentials to validate you. But in photography, your work speaks. No, I don't think I I, I say that all the time. Like I don't think I know I wouldn't have needed college to go into photography. I didn't even know I wanted to go into photography. Photography was no, not even on the radar. I think I wanted to be a vet when I was like in middle school. Then I didn't like blood. So high school, I was like, okay, cool. I can do TV production. I like doing filmmaking and all that stuff. Uh, went to college, was a telecommunications major. Loved that. Came back here to Tampa. At least you're using your degree. And somewhat, yeah. <laughs> and then I, I, I joined an amazing sorority. And um, after that, that was like that was a lot of my network came from that sorority. A lot of my network came from my friends from school. So it was it was a really great like match for what I'm what I was doing. Um, so college was a it still was a good decision because that network was like it, it's just ever growing. Your network is ever growing. Um, anywhere anytime you go anywhere, your network is ever growing. I go out to parties. I go to the beach. I go everywhere, and I'll tell them what I do. And usually they know somebody that's getting married. And I keep cards on me, I keep my Instagram live, all that stuff. So, um, but back to your question, what did I used to do? Um, I used to teach, when I came from school, I used to teach um, TV production, ironically, to high school students. And then um, left there, went to go work at a news station. I was a graphics hub coordinator there. And then after that job, I left and started doing this full time. Um, that job, I was very depressed. Like, I don't know if some people, some people hit that, that rock hard, like that bottom piece. Mm -hmm. That was me. I was like, I'm not happy. Like, like, I just, I wasn't having the right thoughts. Like, they weren't like crazy, like off the wall thoughts, but they weren't, I knew I wasn't myself. So, um, I had a work schedule that was from like 3 a.m. to noon. Um, I was extremely tired. I wasn't able to see my friends. Like, I wasn't, like Josh was around me, around me around that time. I wasn't able to see anybody around that time. So 
Um, I left that job and then I started doing photography full time and then the network that was around me was amazing. Like I met a bunch of photographers through Facebook, through Instagram, and they're on here right now in my life, some of them. Um, but I've met a bunch of photographers that were very, very supportive, um, and they became a family. And then I go to conferences like the cookout, and I go to photo conferences like PPA and just, not PPA, sorry, excuse me. I go to conferences like, um, uh, let's see, there's the Hustle and Heels, there's the Black Female Photographers Conference. All those conferences really gave me a... Um, gave me a boost and it gave me like a network to really gra grab onto. So if you go into a side hustle, you have to find a network of people. I really hope you find a network of people that do what you want to do. And that's important because a lot of those communities, um, they actually tell you a lot of the shortcuts. So like for example, mm -hmm. I always shout out my man Pete over there. He's, uh, he's, he's behind the camera. But like, you know, when he started his comic book shop, like he didn't know everything, but he had somebody help him along. And somebody like me, like I've had, you know, people like Carlton, I've had people like Jimmy, I've had people like, like my man here, Eric. So like, I've had people in my life to kind of step in where I was deficient, mm -hmm. where I didn't know something, where I was like struggling. Okay, I don't know how to navigate this. I'm like, Jim, what am I supposed to do, bro? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how to navigate this piece here. What am I supposed to like? Am I supposed to pay this? Or am I supposed to like talk to this person? Like, how do I leverage this relationship to get this result? So when you start to dip into whatever community it is, a lot of the the shortcuts, people just, they know because they've been doing it for a while. And honestly, like there are still good people out there that are willing to give um, some of that information away for free. All they care about is helping. And if they see that you're serious about your craft and they see that you actually want to do something and you're taking yourself serious, they'll help you without any problems. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that brings me to this man sitting across from me. So I was in sales for the longest time and before coming to Trinet in the sales side of things, I was in the restaurant business. Listen, I love to eat, I love to drink, so I figured why not get paid for it? And I did that for most of my life. But when I got to Trinet, I was like, okay, I'm gonna be in sales. I started seeing the money that was coming in. And at the point where I was, when you talked about actually those, having those negative thoughts and feelings, that's where I was. I was like, I don't wanna do this anymore. I was like, I'm tired, this was not me. And I'll never forget, Jimmy and I spoke one night and he called me because he wanted me to advance in sales. He was like, listen, I can break it down for you. You and me, we can sit down, we can put together a six, nine, 12 month plan on how you can make the money that I know you are oh, capable of making. The oh, plans. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, and it was a hard thing for me because here's a brother that I met, great feeling about him, we found a common thread and I love being around him because it's always educational. Mm -hmm. But I had to tell him, that's not for me. You know where my passion is. My passion is sports. My passion is getting my brand off the ground. That's what I wanted to do. So as difficult as it was for me to tell him no, I knew that I had to do it, but I was very thankful for him because we still have that connection. I can still go talk to him. He put me in contact with you. I'm now sitting here just because of a conversation. My biggest thing that I love to tell people is, you talk about there are still good people, and there are, but let's be honest, game recognize game, okay? You, you can tell who the true entrepreneurs are, and you can tell those who are just looking to do something mm -hmm. right. because they tired of what they got going on. Yeah. And that's the biggest difference for me. Anybody that I work with, anybody that I associate with, especially in the media world, you have to have that same energy that I have, and I know 
it's it's as as I'm sitting here and listening to everybody, I'm used to being in Josh's position. I'm the guy that brings the energy to my show. This is different. Doesn't for it me. feel good to not have it? To like, it does. It feels good. <laughs> it does. It kind of take a step back yeah. and kind of just you just know be, be like interviewed. Okay, I can do this <laughs> because I'm used to one saying. So tell me about this and what what yeah. you doing? Actually, yeah. but you have to understand that at the end of the day, the investment has to come from within. Yeah. You have to invest in yourself, and when you do that and you start to see things happening, like if if I would have told y'all two years ago that the people I work with. And I mentioned this when, when you interviewed me before. The people that I work with were not the original group that I thought in my mind I was going to be working with. And from where I was two years ago to where I am today, head and shoulders. Head and shoulders above that. Yeah. And to what you say about investing, investing in yourself, yeah. investing in your education, all that stuff, investing in equipment. Like, preach. Like, I, I try to tell people all the time that ask me questions about like, oh, how did you progress and all that stuff. I started investing in myself. I started investing in education. I started investing in equipment. I started investing in just everything. I started investing in me. Like I started giving myself my time. Like I started to say, okay, if I want to make money, you're going to have to spend money. That stuff, that is, that is true. Yep. That is true. Like I can't get into something Everything can't be free. Right. Everything can't be free. Everything can't be bargained. If you're trying to set yourself apart, I've, um, you have to you have to do things that other people aren't doing, mm -hmm. and that's investing in their education. That's investing in things and going places that other people won't go. I think of it like a pyramid, almost like everybody down here, they're using YouTube. They're using YouTube to try to figure out how to do whatever it is that we do. Um, photography, finance, like going into the whole media, they're looking at YouTube to try to do that. Then you have educational platforms that other people are investing to get into. Um, they're buying equipment that they've actually researched and not just buying something just because somebody told, but told, told them to get it. And I know everybody goes through that phase when you first start. You just start buying things like, this looks like what I need to get. This looks like what I need to get, but it's not what you thought it was. And everybody's going to go through that phase. Like, I'm not knocking it. Everybody is going to go through that beginner phase and start, um, everybody has to start somewhere. But once you start doing the actual research and investing in yourself, that's when you're going to see leaps and bounds. I'm going to bring a little lightness to the show. You talked about investing in equipment. We're going to have Josh invest in you one of these tripods so you can have your phone up and we don't, yes. you don't have to keep wearing I actually box. have right. one, but it's not with me. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. You, you, I got one if you need one. Hold on. Yeah. Oh, we got, we got to make boom. sure we get her good. Boom. See, that's what we, we do. That's, that's what we do. We have you know? multiple. We, don't, this we this want her to have people, people on out. Facebook Live the great experience not have to worry about the, the, up, the adjustments. And, and, and everything like that. So, so yeah, we, oh, what else are we talking about? Yeah, so investing in, <laughs> investing in tripods. Um, just figuring out those things that you need is already a, like a big, that's an investment in time just to research it because yeah. I didn't know what the camera equipment I wanted to get. I didn't know any of that stuff until somebody just told me. And then I sat down and said, okay, let me do some research. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started to, you know, Understand, okay, what works best for me? Yeah, because everybody's system, everybody's uh, workflow is not going to work for you. Yeah, and, it, and when you start talking about investing in equipment, that also goes into the quality of your product. Right. So, yeah. for example, like people are like, why do you always get the newest phone? It's a reason why one, I worked for the phone company. That's one big reason. But two, um, it's because I I actually use 
the things that iPhones do. I take a lot of videos. I edit a lot of videos. I use the recording stuff. So there's a reason why I'm not just, I don't just have a brand new phone every year just, just cause I'm not utilizing it. By a year, my phone's battery is ridiculously bad. Mm. So because I'm always on it, I'm always pushing out content. So when you talk about investing, these are the little things like something like a tripod from Walmart, yep. just to hold up your phone while I'm talking so I can talk to y'all that are on live in front of me right now. The little things matter. You know, you got Eric here who I guarantee you, you didn't have all of this equipment two years ago. No. Right. No. You know, I didn't have, I, I have a camera. Now I have, I have, if I lost my laptop, Lord forbid. Jesus. <laughs> I would be done. Okay. <laughs> but that brings up an interesting point. If you lose something, what's your backup? Because I can tell you right now, I went through that. I went through the point where I thought I had everything. You know, I had a camera. I had the tripod. I was like, okay, I have everything I need. But then I start doing stuff. And this is where you talk about elevating yourself above other people. Because then I'm like, well, wait a minute. What if that battery dies? Do I have a backup? Mm-hmm. What if I run out of, do I have another SD card to put in there? It's, it's those intricacies that you have to be mindful of. True story. So one, I was telling, I told Josh this. It's a good story. One wedding, um, <laughs> I had just gotten, I think, my third camera. I had two. I just got my third camera. This is going to be my first wedding that had three cameras, three angles. I was so excited. Boom. So we go out to the ceremony location, and the bride ends up being like 45 minutes late. Now, my equipment is sitting outside in the sun on the tripods. Ceremony starts. Sun on, is wait a minute, down. 45 minutes, it take that 40, long to put foundation 45 on? 45 minutes. Hey, hey. She was doing a whole bunch of stuff. She didn't want to be seen. It was a lot going it's on. It's her day. Let her do what wow. she need to do. It's about the bride. You know this now. Okay. okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Lord. So, sun is beaming down on my equipment. We are shooting. We get to, she walks down the aisle. Everything's going good. They're exchanging rings. Yada, yada, yada. They're saying vows. Um... And then camera one turns off. It just says, camera needs to cool down. And I press the OK button, it just shut off. I was like, OK. I got two other cameras. So I lay that camera down, and I walk to the second camera. Walk to the second camera. I'm there for like all of two minutes. It says, camera needs to cool down. It shuts off. So I had one more camera. So it gets time for the kiss. I'm like, oh my gosh. If this camera turns off, I'm screwed. Because it's time for the kiss. And if I miss that part, I started like thinking, like, what am I going to do? And if I only had that one camera, oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. I don't, there's nothing I could have said. But I ended up going to back to the back camera. They kiss. By that point, I already had my phone out. I was like, okay, if something turns off, I'm going to have this cell phone footage. And then I'm going to rock out with that. And hopefully they don't notice the difference. <laughs> <laughs> <But> <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. So yeah, so they it the kiss happens. She starts to walk down the aisle. Third camera, camera needs to cool down. Shuts off. So there's no footage of her walking down the aisle. Those other two cameras, it took them about 30 minutes to cool down. After the ceremony, usually their photos, like they do their photos together. I'm like using the excuse, like I have to go to the reception and set up the lights. I'll be right back. 
my cameras won't turn back on. Cameras won't turn back on. Eventually, one of them popped back on, and I went outside to go shoot. What's up, guys? I want to interrupt the podcast really quickly to let you guys know that we have our own network full of creative entrepreneurs just like yourself. If you want to be a part of that community, if you want to join a like-minded group of individuals, go ahead and join us, and you can find that information at econics.co. That's E-C-O-N-I-X dot C-O. We'd love to have you. We'd love to interact with you, and if you want to have updates and daily inspiration, business strategy sessions, and think tanks, this is definitely the place for you. Now back to the podcast. Usually there's a lot of mornings where I'm up, it's three, four o'clock in the morning, right? Everybody sleep, I can get stuff done, right? And then you have to be intentional about carving out time, right? I have, I mean, because there's a lot of things that I do, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. community stuff, outside of the job, uh, my businesses, I mean, it's, it's a lot of stuff, right, to manage. So um, you have to be intentional about scheduling, you know, and it's about being task-oriented. So, um, I, I mean, I, do, I used to remember everything. So now I have to write certain things down, right, um, and sticking to that. Because if you don't, that one little thing that you miss, I mean, it's, it's like, uh-oh, I forgot I was supposed to pick the kids up or take... So-and-so had this. It's like, huh? You know, like tonight, it was a, a, a double schedule, right? Because yeah. my wife was going to be here, but the kids had uh, spooky science night tonight, oh, you know? Nice. So it's really like, cute. I'm like, ah, <laughs> technically you're on punishment, kids, but, I, you know, that's educational, right? Yeah. So, yeah. You, I mean, you got you to gotta support that. But other than that, she would have been here. Um, and, and then it's just one of those things to where, like Ashley said, when you're looking at that passion, about what it is that you you do, you find a way to get it done no matter what, yeah. right? So everything that I do, I want it to work, even though I know everything's not always going to go according to plan. But if you don't plan it out and schedule it, then you're gonna have some ch- some challenges. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I think one of the biggest things um, for me is just that time, because um, I feel like every relationship and every woman just they need time. And yep. a lot of times, <laughs> and a lot of times, you know, I'm the type of person when I get focused on something, like I'm just like tunnel vision. I don't see left, I don't see right. All I see is the goal. And then a lot of times, the people around me go lacking for my energy or what I need to invest in them. And so, like, then I hit my goal and I'm looking up and everybody looking at me, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, what, what's wrong with you? And then, and I'm just looking at like, well, I didn't know how else to get this done. Like, I'm like, I didn't know how else to tackle this, 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 this goal other than to literally obsess over it and get it done. Because when you're under pressure, you gotta come through. And, you know, I think, you know, one of the biggest challenges is that communication piece. Um, you know, communication is, is so important and we, people talk about it, but the actual, the, the, the doing it, yeah. that communication yeah. piece is, is a big challenge to let people know, like, hey, I'm going to be here. Or, you know, like, it, it's funny because I get, I get um, advice from, like, the OGs. They be like, bruh. You got to start a week in advance. You got to start a couple days in advance. Let them know, like, hey, I got this coming up. So that way, that when that day comes, it's not like, a surprise. there you go. And no, you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't spring it on them. So try living with a husband who does what I do. And I got a wife who's only interested, well, I shouldn't say only, but her, when we first met, she was only interested in baseball. Right. The one sport that I'm like, really? How can you watch four to five to nine hours of this stuff? But that was her thing. But you talk about the communication. 
we have been together nine years. And if you go back and ask her what has been the one consistent thing that I have said to her, I'm going to be in the sports business. She knew that from Jump Street. So I gave her the out even before we were together, like we were united the whole nine yards. So when this came along, she knew that, okay, this is what he's going to do. Now you talk about time. The first two years, two to three years of our relationship, I'm still in the restaurant business. I told my job, as black folks we do, I'm not working on Saturdays. <laughs> I told my boss. That's the busiest day. It, it, it is. It is. I don't know if that'll work at AT&T. I, 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 but my wife worked Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. Has had the same job since we've been together. She has weekends off. I'm in the restaurant world. You're right. Saturday night, the busiest night, busiest day of the entire week. But I said, I'm not doing it. Why? Because I'm committed to her first. So that's why I made that change. Now, as I progressed and, and got into the same schedule as her, which took a couple years for us to do that, now we have evenings together. But with basketball season being around, there are some nights that I'm gone, three, four nights a week. But she recognized that. But I also make sure that those nights that I am home, there's no phone. Now, we don't have kids. So we do have date night, or we do just sit in front of the TV, or we do just talk. Like, my whole thing is, she knew from, again, she knew from the beginning where I was going. So there was no springing this on somebody. Whenever I get my schedule, I'll let her know, hey, like tonight. Tonight, typically, Thursday nights for us is like we just sit around, catch up on the week, get ready for the weekend, what are we doing? But also that planning. Like if you look at both of our calendars now, because she has her own side hustle. And she's got conferences that she goes to now. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. What are we doing here? And we have to actually plan it and map it out. And I actually, the one thing I can honestly say, and I'm going to probably go to Jimmy when this happens, <laughs> when we have a kid, I'm going to be like, Jimmy, how do I do this, man? Because I'm good up at, like, right now, yeah, yeah. I'm good. Because you, you got it down to a science. We got it. We got it. Yeah. We know what's going on. Football season is great. Basketball season is great. We go to a couple of baseball games, and I sleep. But I just <laughs> disclaimer though disclaimer. Sometimes even when you not let them know. Oh yes. And they know ahead of time. Oh yeah. And even when it's the day of. Oh, you do got that tonight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. So it's like yes. the spring on me anyway. Uh -huh. You yes. understand? Like so, I told you this yeah, it, it don't matter. It's on the calendar. I don't got time to always be looking at the calendar. Well, that's what we put it up there for. But hey, fellas, listen. Send a text message. It just comes just with as a friendly oh, reminder. By the way, <laughs> you know, I, got this tonight. I have this going on that has gotten me out of a lot of stuff. I'm just gonna say. So, um, yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, your perspective. I didn't stay quiet long enough, Lynn. Um So for me, with the relationship side with entrepreneurship, and that really is a whole other. Woo. Um, you have to find I feel like you I need would need to find somebody that is that understands that, that I'm very passionate about what I do. Um, I'm not I'm not even dating right now. Date like dating is dating and entrepreneurship, I don't even know how this even works. But um, what I do is when I am dating somebody, I make sure they understand that if I don't grind, I don't eat like 
you're not paying like I've been this, doing this independent woman thing for the past 29 years like well not 29 but you get me um, but I, I I have to work and unless you're gonna pay for this that and the third which you're not because I'm not gonna let you but I need to just I just need to I need to be working I have to be working I'm not a housewife I have to work and the way my schedule is it's it's sporadic I might have to work on Saturday or not. At this point right now, I might be at a wedding in Naples or not um, because I might be assisting somebody. So it's not my wedding, but if they need somebody to come down there, I'm coming down there to get that check. So that's the way like my my schedule works. And if I was with somebody who was expecting me to um, let them know my schedule, I can definitely do that. I can definitely do that. Um, some people say, you know, oh, get with another photographer. I don't like that because... First of all, his, his schedule is going to be sporadic like mine. And like you said, I like time. So I need, I need to be the sporadic one. You know, your, and you know yourself. you need to have a consistent schedule so that I know <laughs> you're supposed to be home at this amount of Time for time. another disclaimer. Yes. <laughs> Whenever you see so a woman speaking and she's using time. the hand, yes. you need to know you what that means. She's about her business. Yes. So I need to be home. I need, you need to be home by a specific time. And I know your schedule is consistent. That's the way I think that would work, but God knows. I don't know. And But honestly, that exactly, to your point, that's exactly how it does work. Mm -hmm. Like, I know my wife's schedule. She knows mine. And, you know, without the side hustle, we would both be Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, weekends off. But because of my side hustle, she understands, okay, during football season, you don't have a husband. Mm -hmm. You got a live-in roommate. Because, uh, <laughs> honestly, Saturdays I'm gone. Sundays I'm gone. And I don't usually get home on Sundays till probably about 3, 4 in the afternoon. By the time we have dinner, sit down, catch up, hey, it's 9.30, 10 o'clock. And again, she goes to bed before me. That gives me that extra hour. I don't go to bed till midnight. Mm -hmm. I'm always up doing something. You know, like, like Jimmy was saying, you know when you have that time. And for entrepreneurs, you dedicate part of your day specifically to your grind. There's a, there's a saying that I, I have, and I, it's on my phone, but it says, if you go to work for somebody else for eight hours and then go home and do nothing, you're not an entrepreneur, you're a dreamer. Yep. You know what I mean? Because that's what it is. Why are you gonna spend eight hours working for somebody else and not put at least, at the very least, an hour to two hours of your own time exactly. into what you want to do exactly. and make that investment again in yourself yeah, yeah. and i ain't knocking the, the corporate hustle because i've done it um but what i can you know i read Robert you still Kier doing it yeah, yeah, we're I'm talking about side it. hustles like yeah. this is not even somebody that's like doing full yeah, time full time yeah, yeah. so with yeah, side hustling i don't even know how I, relationship wouldn't even work in that like right. i would have to do my job in the daytime and then the side hustle after my job men there's no there's yeah. no time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what, how that even works. It, it, I'm, I'm, There's I'm, no time. Tough. I'm telling you it's tough, but it does work. It does, yeah. It does. And I can tell you I'm proof of that. Really? It does work. Yeah. But from her? She understands, though. She understands that where I'm coming from. She mm -hmm. understands that this is not something that I am just saying, I'm going to do this for a year or two, or I'm saying this is a hobby. Mm -hmm. You know, like you were talking about, I go to conferences every year. I'm looking to hopefully go to my very first Super Bowl this year and cover it as media. Boom. I'm looking to mm -hmm. go to the NBA All-Star Weekend, which is in Chicago, by the way. I meant to tell you that. Um, you know, no, I'm looking, I remember we've talked about Okay, good. Yeah. I'm looking to do that. You know, <laughs> So it is about I'm setting myself up, but I'm also setting her up. Right. Because she knows 
wherever I go, she's going with me. Right. We have one agreement because she knows that this year I'm really trying to elevate myself out of the corporate world and truly into the media platform and where I'm trying to go. There are two organizations to where, as a man, and, and men, y'all can vouch for me on this, we can't argue with women. We can try, but we can't argue with them. Don't you work. can attempt. You can attempt. <laughs> but there are two places that if I go home and tell her, I have a contract with either ESPN or my football team, the Philadelphia Eagles, she can't argue with me. And if I say we have to move. Every other place, I have to at least go home and say to her, I have this offer. Can we make it work? Not can I make it work? Mm -hmm. Can we make it work? And if not, all right, well, I got to figure something out. Mm -hmm. I think that's fair. Like, I think that's fair to, and then I might be because I'm the entrepreneur side of things. Like, if we need to move or if I have to move, hopefully, and that's, that's the conundrum there. Because then if he has, like, a consistent job, he can't just uproot himself. Well, you're right. She can't do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, with where she's at, again, she's almost tenured in her position. Right. So it's very difficult. But... She understands my passion, especially wanting to get into these organizations. First right. off, I'm born from Philadelphia. If Philly calls me, I'm gone. And I love her to death. I, I'm telling you right now, she knows this. If my team calls me and says, we have a position in the media department where you can sit alongside Meryl Reese and call the game, I'm gone. That's, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be you know, like, oh, well, you're choosing the career over your wife? No, I'm not. I'm choosing my dream job, which yeah. that's something. And she, right. and she understands that. Now, ESPN, they've got places all over. They've got L.A., they've got New York, they've got Connecticut, they've got all these other places. So there we have the ability. New York ideally would be the next spot because she's from there. She's got family there. So even if I was to go somewhere up in that tri-state area where we're both from, mm -hmm. that's a lot easier conversation. But if Arkansas calls me, okay, well, what, what kind of money are you talking? Because nah, I can't. I'm Nobody wants to go to Arkansas. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> it might be a sale. really good opportunity. Right. <laughs> First off, the money's got to be right. The opportunity's got to be right before I say, and then even then, I got to go to her and say, this is what's on the table. Right. So, well, I mean, listening to you say that, I think that the you have to un have a clear understanding of the fact that it is a side hustle, yes. right? And you need to know why it's a side hustle. And you have to understand that. Once you make a determination that it can bear fruit, right? You oh, want it yeah. to continue to produce more fruit mm -hmm. because obviously it's a side for a reason. So you're doing it continuously to the way I look at it is you have to manage very. Uh, you have to manage a lot of different variables associated with it. Like we talked about, the work, life, balance, family. Return on investment has to be there. Yes. The investment, yes. and then you have to find a way to continue to invest in it. But it still boils down to two important words that you may not even really look at it to recognize. It's revenue and profit. Mm -hmm. That's really what it boils down to. You're doing something on to si on the side to produce more revenue so that you can increase your profit, mm -hmm. right? And the objective is to eventually have that side replace what it is that you're doing that commits you to have to create a profit or even just have revenue, period. Yeah. And I know those are business terms, but if you go to work for somebody, they pay you a check, yeah. that's revenue. Yeah. What you have after taxes 
Because they take taxes. You don't. We don't pay taxes, by the way. They take them. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> after they take taxes, right, then what's left over, then that's your profit. After yeah. you pay whatever bills you and have. If you bring in that money, she's not going to complain anyway. That's true. That's pretty much how That's the bearing fruit she, that from, if, if from the side. If she's bringing in the money or she's bringing in that money, the likelihood of the partner complaining, they understand because it comes to a certain point where, like for you, you went and you started to do it you were doing it as a side hustle. But there was a point where you realized like, like this this is something that if I actually put all my time into, like yeah. I'll be able to really replace my income. Yeah, you have to be real with yourself because like we say, there's people our age now that are trying to be rappers still. Bruh. And I saw a meme the other like day. Like two chains. <laughs> Like when Two Chainz started, he was he was titty boy. He was like thirty. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but Two Chainz so, made it. He, done he made, came it. Up. Not, he made it. Not like there's rappers that come out like in their thirties, forties. Like it's cool, but you have to be realistic with yourself and look at the dollars and doesn't make sense. Like if it don't make dollars and it don't make sense, exactly. Exactly. you've heard that. Like for me, what I said, I said as soon as I start making as much or more as what, as what I was making when I was at my full time job. This job can go. I talked to my mom about it. She was not for it. But I was like, okay, we're going to have to make some, you know. That, that was, I think that was the first time like, I took a, made a decision like, without my parents' like, complete blessing. They were like, no. No, actually, don't quit your job. You need But you can always a find a job. Yeah, yeah. Especially te- like, you can always find back. a teaching job. But it, I think it scared them because I, I don't come from a family of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. I don't come from a family of people that uh, just, you know, quit their job and start working on their like side hustle. I feel like this is this is not a new thing, but this photography and this entrepreneurship thing has almost become a a new wave and it might be because things just cost more and it just costs a lot more to do if you want to live your life and be golden and all that stuff and people are finding these side hustles or finding using their talents and making money off of their talents. Mm-hmm. It's it's a thing now. Yep. Um so I feel like yeah, it's to your point about um, about just staying, what were you saying? About saying, child, I'm having a brain freeze. I don't forgot what I said. <laughs> I'm going back to going back you, to my point. You using point, the y'all. word child like you was fifty. Yes, no, child. <laughs> yeah, no. She all of twenty nine. <laughs> I had a, I had a brain fight. Oh, what did I what did I just what did I just say? We were just talking about um. Income, yeah, replace the income. Yeah, replacing yeah. income. Back to your we point about replacing the income. Thank you, audience. Thank you, audience. Thank you. We appreciate y'all. Yeah. Y'all focus. Y'all Thank in tune. <laughs> yes. Back to the point. Um, if you're not making as much money as you were as you were at your previous job, don't just set out Thank and you. try to get preach um, because it, it, it's just gonna get ugly yeah. before you get yeah, yeah. good. There's a proper so, way to yeah. do this. So, like for example, with AT and T. Um, and I don't really talk about AT&T as much as I probably should. I hardly ever talk about sales. I hardly ever do podcasts on sales. But I'm a beast at selling. And whew, that almost fell. But <laughs> when it comes to... we we'll to get you a new tripod. <laughs> this newer tripod. When, <laughs> when it comes to sales. And, but if I hadn't been at AT&T for five years, like, I wouldn't know how to sell. Because before I was with AT&T, I was working for the State Department. So I was a legislative aide. So I was in my passion. I was doing politics. But then I started to realize, I'm like, I want more. You know, I want to do something else. And then, you know, once I got to AT&T, then I'm like, you know what? I'm really good at talking. And then I realized I was really good at selling. 
And now, you know, you get around other people, because I didn't meet that many people who, was, who were as driven as I was. But then I met somebody, I met a couple of people who were just as good or better than me at sales. So, and then when you start surrounding yourself, AT&T has like 200,000, not 200,000, like 30,000 employees. And so like on the retail side, like that's what you want to be. You want to be in that top 1%. So it was AT&T that taught me big business. It was AT&T that taught me the sales process. So yes, AT&T is my side hustle. I mean, AT&T is my main hustle, but there are so many different things and aspects that I took from my job that I'm now able to apply to Econics. I'm now able to understand yeah. good management, bad management, what works, what doesn't work. I'm un I understand what systems need to be put in place that AT&T is doing that I can apply to my own brand on a smaller scale. But if I don't have that experience with AT&T, then I don't know anything. Yeah. So when you, when you talk about leaving your job, I just actually wrote about this. You don't have to just up and quit your job and live off ramen noodles. Bruh, you do not have to do that. Even somebody like Damon John. Damon John was working Red at Lobster. Red Lobster. He was working at Red Lobster for years until he got FUBU off the ground. Um, JK Rowling, she was a teacher. She actually lived off government assistance before Harry Potter took off. She was an author for, she took off almost 10 years to write yeah. that first book. Then you got people like Sarah Blakely. Sarah Blakely started a company called Spanx. So if you've ever been in the mall, international, it's 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 like a uh, women's undergarment like wear stuff like that. We so, know what Spanx is. Well, I don't know too. I mean, I mean, you talk undergarment. I don't. I don't know. Like I shop there. Oh my gosh, she said undergarment. Oh my lord. <laughs> so, but you know, Sarah Blakely, she was uh, a door-to-door -door salesperson, and I believe she was selling like I want to say fax machines, but she was selling something like off the wall. But she used that to keep her afloat while she was pushing Spanx. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to have these. Typical, oh, I was in a house full of 10 people and we were all eating off, you know, roaches and ramen and whatever. And I came in and threw in my yeah. recognition and you, just, you can I quit. It. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can approach this in a smart way because even being with AT&T five years, I've been promoted multiple times. You know, I've had the success in corporate America, which lets me know that if I really, really wanted to seek this long term, and at you know the end of it all, if I really want to be there 20 years, I could probably kill it because like I'm doing it now. But when you listen to what you just said though about acknowledging the fact that you're really good at sales and you, yeah. you you really don't talk about it a lot, that experience has enabled you to be able to do what you're doing now yeah. when you created Econics. You learned it from somewhere, mm -hmm. right? The difference between an employee. And an entrepreneur is it's just mindset every business that we work for started out somebody was an entrepreneur they started a business they found a way to create success over and over again um at&t could have been a side hustle for somebody right people and do, then do part -time. now it's at&t right and it employs thirty thousand people right yeah. so that's crazy your your job or whatever your side thing that you do may not necessarily employ 30,000 people, but it can employ somebody. It's right. employing you, right. right? So I think that the biggest hurdle that you have to get over when you're doing something on the side is not getting caught up in how long it takes for you to get wherever you're trying to go. You just know that it's a journey. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna steal something from Jeff Bezos, and I actually saw it tonight, because there's a, some quotes that's over there on that wall. <laughs> but okay. what he said is, is that um, be open, you know, like basically have vision. It's okay to have vision, right? But be open to details. 
And that spoke to me, right? Because I've always had vision, I felt like, but sometimes that vision can be clouded if you don't allow for insight, right? So details can help define that vision and not let anybody throw you off track necessarily. But like whenever I communicate to people like Eric talked about me and him engaging, he comes to me, he'll ask me certain things about what do you think about this for the show, right? I'll give him my feedback. I give him details. I understand his vision, right? Because I know what he's trying to accomplish. So I'll give him those details. Not always necessarily something he wants to hear. But right. I always respect and appreciate it because I know where it's coming from. No different than if I was to come to you. You know, Josh and I sat down, and I want to thank Josh not only for having this, but for giving all of us this platform. And what some of y'all may or may not know is shout out to Josh for that. Yeah, shout out. Give it up yeah. for Josh. Yeah. <laughs> um, Josh and I, Josh and I were sitting at Outback having lunch one day. And I talked to him and I said, Josh, I said, I've had this idea in my mind, man. I said, I really want to do this. I said, I want to put this on. And we talked for about probably 45 minutes and I had to go. I had to go back to work. I'm driving one day and Josh calls me and I'm thinking, all right, whatever, let's, let's wrap, whatever. He goes, Eric, I got the event. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yo, remember we talked? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I want to do it. Here's the date. I said, Josh, lock me in. He's like, oh, I'm not sure if it's going to, I'm like, I don't care if it goes down or doesn't go down, lock me in. Because what y'all don't understand is this is something that I've wanted to do, have this type of discussion with all of y'all for the longest time, probably over like a year now. And the fact that he's provided this platform, I told him, I said, Josh, whatever you need from me. I said, I'll bring every piece of equipment I got. I said, we'll make it happen. You just let me know. So again, Having those conversations, communicating with each other, talking to one another, and also elevating each other. And I think that's something that is missing from a lot of us is we don't help elevate one another. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the biggest thing for me. Look, y'all, I got a radio show. Anybody who has wants to sit and talk sports, you are welcome to come on my show. We can talk about anything. You can't cuss. I'm just saying it's FCC regulated, so I got to be careful. Mm -hmm. But you got an opinion, I want to hear it. If you work within the community with, you know, little leagues and, and these sports teams, I want to put the focus and the emphasis back on this community because there's a lot of talent here, sports-wise. I'm a sports guy. I'm not going to talk politics. I'm not going to talk religion. I mean, I'll talk sex if you want to, but I, I got to get my permission slip signed for my wife. But I'm just saying, let's start elevating those individuals who are worth talking about. Because I don't watch the news because there's so much dumb stuff on there. I don't have time for it. I, I want the feel-good story. I want the underdog story. I want the people who we need to talk about and say, we need to watch for this person because they're going to be something special in any facet of sports. I don't care. Tennis. I mean, listen, Simone Biles, the most decorated gymnast in our country ever. You know what I mean? I mean, like, I, want, I want those people. That's who I want to embrace with because that's what opens the doors for all of us just to talk and just have those conversations. And they're needed. They really, really are. Mm -hmm. And the, um, the last thing I want to do, because I want to I wrap this up because I want everybody to have a chance to like just ask questions and mingle. Um, 
what is a piece of advice that you can give anybody um, who has a side hustle or who's looking for one? You know, a lot of times people don't even, they know they need some extra money, but they don't know what to do. So what would you advise them that, you know, their first step should be? I want to hear from the, the young lady first because she actually has graduated and she's doing this full time, yeah. right? Yeah. So oh, okay. won't okay. you give these people some advice on how you were able to make that transition and actually accomplish that? Well, I actually started talking to a friend named Christian. Yay. He gave me um, he gave me advice on like, when you brought the plan earlier. I meant to go back yeah. to that point. I wish he was watching like, the plan. Christian yeah. was one of my business partners. Yeah, we all used to work together, and then we talked. Anyway, go ahead, go ahead. The plan. <laughs> so my plan was because I was about to kick that job to the curb. I was like, bam! I'm about to. I prayed about it. I was fired up, ready to go. I was like, okay, I need to quit my job. I need to come. And so Christian was like, we need to come up with a plan. So I came over to talk to Christian. I think we talked in like, I want to say maybe June or July, and then the plan was, or maybe it was like February, it was earlier that year. And the plan was to quit my job by, I want to say in, t in two months, so it must have been July. But the plan was to quit my job by uh, October or something. And um, I ended up quitting my job in August because it just felt right. And I'm, the, I'm a very spontaneous person. I'm an emotional person. I'm very honest about that. I'm an emotional person. And um, at my job, it, was, it just went down. And I was like, I'm not staying here. I was that person. Like, I'm turning in my letter of resignation. You got crunk. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't act up and cut the fool. But I quit my job because I just wasn't happy. And then the people that I was around, they weren't edifying to my life at all. So um, I quit my job there. I had already started doing this. I had saved up a little nest egg. I was like, if it goes down, it's going to go down. But um, at least I already had what my plan was mm -hmm. because I had spoken to somebody. He, was a he is a financial advisor. Mm -hmm. um, I had spoken to somebody, and I was like, well, I'm just going to look at I see things. what you did there, Josh. Yes. <laughs> Put that back in there. I had to get a lot of details. Christian made me see, okay, look at the professionals. What are they doing? So what do you need to do? They have badges on their on their page saying best photographer 2019. That means you need to have best photographer 2019 on your page. How do you get that? What do you need? To, how much do you need to be making? What is like? They were just asking. He asked me a bunch of questions that were very. That you helpful. didn't even think about up front. Yes, yep. I didn't. I wasn't even thinking about it because insurance, all that stuff comes out automatically. I wasn't thinking mm -hmm. about any of that stuff. So yeah. What about you, Jim? Um, the advice I would give, and especially anybody that's here that wants to be uh, an aspiring entrepreneur. Uh, is don't be afraid to uh, not only dream, right, but actually put it put a plan in, in, in action to actually you know achieve those goals. Um, don't be afraid to speak to other people who did you uh, aspire to be like, right, or uh, who you want to become. You know, uh, those things are very important. Uh, and I would also say, you know, one of the biggest things that I think that a lot of people probably um, take for granted is that read. Man, that's just, powerful. Just read. That's powerful. I mean, I can remember and think back to where there was times where I'd be going through certain things in my life and there was books that were very inspirational to me. <laughs> that got me through some tough times and it was because of those books mm -hmm. and the stories of those individuals that I was able to take and apply to my life and I was actually able to go ahead and get started 
And like one of the first books I read was like, before I started my own business, was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yep. Right? And then Cash Flow Quadrant. And then that just, it just streamlined a whole bunch of different opportunities. And I was able to actually be successful really fast yeah. just because I read. You, you just know? Had to apply it. Exactly. It. Just application. So, you know, just don't be afraid to dream. Put together your plan and, and aspire to be like other people. Yeah. Right, that you want to be like, and and read, read about different stories that things that people did. Oh, Eric, you brought up a good point. Y'all know the comedian Eddie Griffin. He said back in the day, reading is fundamental. <laughs> want y'all to think about that seriously. You 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 both talked about the plan, which I think is amazing. But let's go deeper. Let's peel back that layer. How do you get to the plan? You prepare. Mm -hmm. You got to set yourself up, which means you got to read. You got to do your research. But you also have to open yourself up to the opportunities that are going to come before you. Denzel said it best, and this is something that I, I, I have written down. It's on my phone, and I look at it at least once a day. He said, luck is when opportunity meets preparation. Mm -hmm. The opportunities are there for us all to take. Are we prepared to take them? Because if we are, then we can all be successful. So that's probably the best piece of advice I can give y'all. Do not be afraid to chase after what you truly, truly want. Because it's out there. And we've seen it through so many people. You know, you talked about the pyramid and YouTube. And I look at it from the other piece. You look at it from the bottom up. I look at it from the top and say, here I am. Okay, how can I continually get better and better and better to where I have a solid foundation? Mm -hmm. Because... If I don't have this, I'm just hanging around. Yes. That's all I'm doing. Yep. So, I think the best advice that I can give um, that would be different from, from them would be the most powerful tool that every entrepreneur has is consistency. And that word separates the Steve Jobs from Joe Schmo. That word separates Bill Gates from Joe Schmo is consistency. So a yes. lot of people have the skill, a lot of people have the talent. There yeah. are plenty of NBA players and ballers, plenty of people out here who have the skill and they have the talent, but what they lack is the work and the consistency. So I'll give you this, this analogy of how, of how everything kind of changed for me. So my mentor, he used to challenge me from a sales perspective. And I was in one of the slowest stores in the state of Florida, and I always used that as an excuse for my performance. And I used to always be like, well, man, I'm in like the slowest store. I'm really trying, I'm number one in my store. And he would look at me, he'd be like, you still suck. You're just the best player on a bad team. That's what he would say to me. And if you don't find people in your life that challenge you on that level, that yes. make you uncomfortable, because he pissed me off. Because I'm like, you don't see it from my perspective. You're not in my shoes. But what he did was he challenged me to go beyond what I thought I could go. And he challenged me, he said, you need to make something. You need to be top 1%. You need to be this, you need to be that. And so I was like, all right, F it. I'ma just do it. And so once my mindset changed, like Jim said, mindset. Once my mind changed, then I started, then I started to connect with people. This is how you get there. This is what I did to get to the top of the sales structure in our company. And literally, I swear to y'all, month by month, my numbers started to increase at the slowest store in the state of Florida. 
So eventually, I never, I didn't make it to Summit, or I didn't make that because I got promoted first. So I was like, either I'm getting promoted or I'm making top in sales. I got promoted first. So that was my trade-off. I'm like, if I don't make it, I gotta be here at least. So what I want to say is, once I went through that experience, I realized that the people who are at that level, they don't got no special sauce. They don't have anything that I don't have. What they did to get to that level was consistency. consistency. Mm -hmm. And that powerful tool is what separates you from the rest because that is what's, that's, that is the sauce is getting up day after day because there are people who are in a sales environment, they don't try some days. They don't try every day. So by day 30, those five days out of the month that they took off, the person who was consistent enough, they did not and that elevated their sales. So it's just, it's that same token, it goes around your entire life. Anything that you want to see results in, consistency is what will separate you. And then that will be my advice for anybody out there who is looking to take their stuff to the next level. Take, it, take advantage of what everybody on this panel said, and you act a consistent lifestyle to that. I just lost 20 pounds. I've been really low key about my weight loss, right? But what changed? Consistency. That's it. It was mindset, and it, it was consistency. It wasn't some secret, oh, I took this class. Nah, bro, I stopped eating rice and beans and all of that. <laughs> I was consistent. And once I consistently applied that to my life, things started to change. I became healthier. I just hit my best run time. I started running more. I was, I'm mentally capable to do more because I'm eating better. I'm not as, as grouchy. I'm not as heavy. I'm not as sleepy or tired. So anything you want to do, consistency. And on that note, guys, Thank you all for coming out. Appreciate y'all. We're going to go ahead and network now. If you have any questions for us amongst yourselves, go ahead and ask that. And on that note, y'all say bye. Peace. Peace. Peace.